Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is the third most downloaded podcast for 2017, episode 190, Dorenda Wilson, Helping Others to Be Unhurried in Their Homeschooling. I think probably the thing I would want to leave you with is to remember that homeschooling is about freedom and that when you find yourself bogged down, it is just time to hit that pause button and regroup. Take a break. Enjoy your kids. Slow down and savor this time with them because you'll never regret that. You will regret running and running and running and running, but you won't regret having slowed down and taken the time to just enjoy the blessing that kids are. There's a quote that I love. It's the days are long, but the years are short. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you are ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Dorenda Wilson. Dorenda and her husband, Daryl, have been married for 27 years. They are the parents of eight children and nanny and papa to four grandchildren. After more than 20 years of homeschooling, Dorenda knows that home educating is an incredible blessing, but only if you don't let it hold you hostage to unnecessary expectations and notions of what it should look like. One of her favorite things is helping parents think simple and outside the box so they can homeschool confidently and in a lifestyle that works for their family. Dorenda loves to encourage parents by sharing some clarity that comes with age, experience, and learning things the hard way. Parenting can be demanding, messy, amazing, intense, and wonderful, all within 30 seconds of any given day. Dorenda encourages parents to find what works for them and let go of the self-made standards and comparing their families with others. This happens most readily by slowing down and embracing their family's unique journey. Welcome, Dorenda. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's going to be, we've already had a fun conversation. So we have, we have. Well, we've been talking now for 45 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. And I have a feeling based on the bio and our previous conversation that this is going to be a real awesome, very authentic discussion <laughs> about what homeschooling's life like. We're, and just, we're just keeping it real, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And I'm excited to share your message about slowing down and, you know, those unnecessary expectations and notions that we have. Anyway, but before we get into any of that, would you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Well, I'm married to my husband, Daryl. We've been married for 27 years. Notice the hesitation there. I had to think for a minute. (laughs) 27 years. And like you said, we have eight kids and they're ages 26 down to 12. And we have four grandkids. So we have five boys and three girls. So I always like to mention that because it really gives you a better picture of what our house probably was like as the kids are growing up a little louder, a little more rambunctious, you know, boys are, they change the dynamics completely, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It was awesome. And I think homeschooling boys is way different than a homeschooling a girl for sure. Totally, totally different. And I was, it was a good fit for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. 
Well, and why don't, you know, in our introduction, you told us a little bit about that, the journey and maybe slowing down and stuff like that, some of those things. But give us a little bit more, you know, background and some stories to what your mission looked like that led you to discover what you're doing now. Well, what I'm doing now is still mothering and still homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling you earlier that one of the things I'm really feeling strongly about is to finish well. And, you know, when you've been doing this for over 20 years, you do start to get tired and wear down. But one of the ways that I keep going and what inspires me is to be encouraging other parents who are maybe just starting out or in the middle of it, of homeschooling and raising their kids and just really encourage them to do the things they need to do to slow down and enjoy and savor these years with their kids. My mom was a great mom. And my dad, both my parents really respected the role of motherhood. And I think that had a big impact on me and made me realize that the role of motherhood and, you know, obviously I added homeschooling to the mix is a very, very important role, such an important role in society. And the best thing we can do for for our country, for the church is to raise great kids, you know, kids who love the Lord and are responsible and they're givers and not takers. And I mean, the list goes on, but that's probably was my biggest impact, was the most impactful to me, was the influence of my parents. And then also just, I picked up a homeschooling book when I was about 15. I can't even believe this is such a story. I look back and I think it was such a God thing. I picked up a book on homeschooling of all things. And I picked it up and I kept, I still have it. It's still in my, I have it with me right now. It's one of those books that was just sort of life changing to me. I perused it. I looked through it and I really resonated with what this man had to say. And it was Dr. Raymond Moore. He and his wife were kind of like the grandfather and grandmother of homeschooling back in the eighties when nobody was doing it, they were doing it and they were highly educated and they knew a lot about child development. They just do such a great job of explaining why parents are typically the best teacher for their kids. And the way that they encouraged homeschooling was to do it in a real family-based kind of a very engaged way so that you're you're building a cohesive family and the schooling revolves around family, not family around school. So you're not trying to bring the public school home to your home, you are creating a completely different learning environment than that. And that really resonated with me. And like I said earlier, having five boys changes a lot of things. And those boys needed a lot of activity and things like that. And a lot of physical, you know, blow off. And and I could give all that to them when we were homeschooling. So all that to say, my parents and this, this Uh, Raymond and Dorothy Moore were probably the ones who impacted me the most in choosing to do this homeschooling thing in a more unhurried way. Wow. I mean, that is a godsend to get that at a young age. I've had to go go through a whole trial and error. Right, right. Well, in one of the quotes, I, I wanted to share a quote with you from one of his books. It says, the value parents place upon their children and the courage they have in facing up to conventional wisdom and social pressure determine how their children will come out in the end. Wow. Yeah, that was huge to me. A square on the shoulder of the parents of like, you know, if you don't want kids that aren't following the crowd, then you don't, you know, you you better not be one of those people. You better set the example. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, in in your bio, we did talk about, you know, it has come through a little bit of trial and error and you have five boys and all of those Mm -hmm. things. I mean, let's talk about maybe some challenges that you've had and let's go back and look at some of those experiences and what you've learned from those? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say that just like any homeschooling parent, 
you know, probably the worst road you can go down is comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at another family and thinking, oh my goodness, look, they're so musical. They do all of this and all of that. And we're not, we better get our kids on instruments and they start putting all these expectations. Why aren't they learning Latin at five? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, I think this was a God thing. Having eight children, actually, I had to make a decision. Either I was going to just not do that. I was just not even going to look over there or I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> those were my those were my options because I I knew in my heart that I could not do a good job with my own kids if I kept looking out other ways. I needed to stay engaged at home, my eyes on my own kids and being a student of them. That was one thing that I think was really kind of happened naturally, but I think it was also, you know, encouraged in some of the things I read, but just to know my kids, you know, and when I spend, when you spend that much time with your kids, you know, I mean, unless you're highly distracted all the time, which is also possible nowadays with (laughs) phones and everything, it is possible, but I spent time just watching them. I spent time watching how they interact. I, you know, just learned a lot about them just by observing. So that was probably one of those things where I sort of learned as I went because I learned more. I learned about each child and what they needed and where they were at at the time. And that's always changing. So you're always having to continue to watch. But probably that was something that was a learning curve for me. Just it really helped me. It was very helpful in helping me to avoid some pitfalls, you know, as far as expecting certain things. Okay, I'll give you an example. That sounds kind of uh, nebulous. But here's an example. Reading. Okay. My boys hated reading. And I read to them some but not a ton. And I'm, I'm no, you know, I'm not one of those people who read massive amounts to my kids. I didn't do that. We did it as it came naturally. I thought my boys are never going to learn to want to read, right? Because they uh. just, didn't, but I didn't want to cram it down their throats either. So I just decided to just watch and, and I would just kind of offer it every now and then I did have them sit down every day. We had a quiet time for my sake every day, even mm-hmm. when they were older and they, you know, they had to take books with them. I said, I don't care if you read or not. I just want you, I just want you to take these books with you. Well, automatically they end up reading at a certain point because mm-hmm. they, they get interested and, you know, so it all happened pretty naturally. But was, for all of our boys, it was a very different thing that brought them to the point where they wanted to read more. And it was when they found something they were passionate about. And as soon as they found that thing that they were passionate about, all of a sudden you couldn't keep them from reading, yeah. you know, and for our oldest, it was, believe it or not, a coding book, a book on coding. Now I would have never, ever, ever thought that because this was 12 years ago. So that was not even on our radar as an option for for a work, for our kids, for a career. And that's the thing. We don't really know in 10, 20 years what the job market's going to look like. So really what we need to be doing is preparing our kids for for life, preparing them to be able to adapt and adjust. In fact, the other day, you know, you heard that you hear that term well-educated thrown around all the time, right? You know what? I'm going to look that up. What does it mean to be well-educated? You know, and there's all different definitions of it. But one that I ran across that I found fascinating was a woman who used to be a teacher who was writing about education and how kids learn. And her definition was being able to adapt and adjust to whatever life throws at you. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And I thought, boy, that is, that is brilliant. That has nothing to do with curriculum or choosing the right curriculum or having just the right spelling program. (laughs) (laughs) 
is about life. This is about teaching our kids to problem solve. And I was reading an article this morning that I shared on my Facebook page about play and how important play is. And it was just a fascinating article about how it's basically our when our kids are playing, they're problem solving and they're like little scientists and they're testing out theories and seeing if they work, but they're doing it at their own level. And just in everyday hands-on pretend play. And I just thought fascinating, you know, and now I have veered completely away from the original question and (laughs) (laughs) no, no, bring me back. No. So the challenge really is, like you said, not to compare yourself. I love that, too, because it kind of goes with that quote. I mean, if we're looking at everybody else, we're not watching our own children and seeing what they need. You know, that's right. And we need to be engaged with our kids. You know, you're the mother of your children and you're going to know them better than anybody. And you're going to have the best instinct about how to guide them and walk with them and disciple them and teach them. And this is something that I really think is important is that we remember as moms, homeschooling moms, that we are mom first and teacher second. Because I think what ends up happening is we work so hard at being the teacher that we forget to listen to our instincts as moms. And that might fly in the face of what a teacher might do. And that has happened many, many times with, with our kids as I've chosen to do something that was unconventional. And it worked for my kids. Well, and I think you can ruin the relationship that you have with your children if you put that teacher hat first, because absolutely, you know, you end up not looking at what they really need and, and not trusting them. I think too, I loved what you were talking about of how, you know, your son was into coding and that wasn't even a thing. And right. don't you think that that's like God leading him to what he needs to be doing? And if you were like, oh, that's such a waste of your time, you know, don't do right. that. And right. really, right. Well, it was the first book that he picked up and said, will you buy, he said, will you buy me this book? And I said, uh, my little wheels were turning (laughs) in my head. And I thought, I said, sure, I will buy it on one condition that you read the whole thing. And he said, okay. And he read the whole thing. And guess what he's doing right now? He's 22 and he's a software engineer. Wow. And he graduated from college at 21 at five years of college under his belt. He started at 16. Oh my goodness. Wow. But this is a kid who did not want to read. I hardly did any language arts with him. But when it was when it came time and he needed to be doing it, he did it. He stepped up to the plate because he was passionate about what he was doing. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do language arts with him. He just he did not enjoy it. And so we did the minimum, I guess mm-hmm. is probably a better description. And when he went to college and he took his entrance exam, I, I'm terrified, right? Because I'm thinking he's going to come back from the, and he's going to flop that whole language one because I have no idea how he's going to do on that. And he comes out and he goes, and I said, so how'd it go? He goes, oh, I aced it. I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said to me, he said, mom, we speak well at home. Like you taught us how to speak well, you know, good grammar is we, we know what a sentence is supposed to sound like. We have good vocabulary from conversation. This is from just everyday life, having conversation and, wow. you know, things like that. We, we, we tend to um, devalue that and that's all relational. And it's so much of that happens in relationship with our kids. And if we're engaged with them and we go, oh, let's, you know, they show an interest in something and you go, okay, well, what do you want to do with that? You know, what do you think we should do this? What do you think? And let them just take the lead on it because kids are natural learners as long as we don't burn them out. Yeah. You know, if we don't squelch their learning, it's natural for them to be learners. They are just learners by nature. They're curious. 
and they learn. The thing that's interesting is that I love about homeschooling is that our kids can learn how they learn. And I don't mean go through a book and, you know, the, the learning style. I don't mean any of that. I mean, as you're going through different parts of schoolwork or everyday life, you learn how they learn and they learn how they learn best. You know, like some of my kids would tell me, mom, it's better if I see it and not so if you just tell me I'm not, it's not going to register. So I need to see it and hear it or whatever. And and I would just give them the freedom to tell me that stuff and for the freedom for them to discover that on their own. Yeah. And that's why so much of their, their, the things that they did along the way, I, I let it be their thing because if they owned it, they learned so much more than if I was going, okay, now you have to learn this. And now you have to learn. I never did lesson plans. I know that is like a, that's a, that thing was a little intimidating to me because I hear so many moms and I think it's great if that's what you need to do. And that's works well for you. You should totally do it. But it never worked for me because every time I made a plan, it got blown to smithereens. (laughs) (laughs) And I just finally went, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. We're just going to do, you know, uh, basics every day and we're going to live life together. And that's how we did it. And it it worked for us. That's neat, though. for us. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I've actually heard, I mean, I've been getting inundated with people that want to learn more about unschooling and, you know, those type of learning modalities and kind of that self-directed learning. And I think that really does come naturally to a homeschooler because they have so much more free time, you know, in their schedule right. than a traditional school child. But it does like when they have the the ability to kind of direct their own time and their own exactly. learning. Mm-hmm. They learn, they learn to be self-directed. I mean, I wish I would have taken that teacher hat off a lot more as a mom because right. we were in a very stifled um, online school that, you know, there wasn't much room for that and type of thing. But, but at least my kids did have the extra time during the day to learn those, you know, learn how to learn. And that's exactly. really neat. I love how yeah. you talked about that, that that is a challenge as a parent to throw that out and, you know, to listen to your children. It is. And the thing that's interesting is for me, it was just born out of a desire for what I felt was strongly was best for our kids. And we all actually, I believe we all have that. It's just, we have to take the time to listen to it. We need to match up kind of our heart and watch our kids. And, and eventually it all kind of starts to gel, but it's a journey. You know, it's never, it never looks exactly the same. For me, I had to have a certain amount that I knew that they were doing every day (laughs) and in workbooks, because for me, that was just something that said, okay, I know they're at least doing reading, writing and arithmetic. So we made sure that that happened every day and not in copious amounts, but in a reasonable amount. And they knew when they were done with that, we moved on to other things. They, you know, they had responsibilities and chores. We, you know, they learned to work. And that was another thing was just work ethic. It was a big thing in our house. We made sure that our kids knew how to work. And did they like us at the time? Nope. <laughs> no, they didn't. But now as adults, they are thanking us yeah. all the time for teaching them how to work hard. So, you know, it's just go with that gut and and what's a good fit for your family. What I wanted to talk about, what I wanted to go back to as we were talking about earlier, I was saying, you know, I look over here and I see these people's families really musical. Well, guess what? Their homeschooling is going to probably, the jumping board for all of their homeschooling is a lot of it is going to probably be off of music because that's their love and their passion as a family, as a family culture. 
it wasn't that for us. We like listening to it, but we don't, you know, I didn't feel a strong need to have our kids play instruments. Although all of our kids pretty much have played at least one instrument on their own that they picked up and decided, I want to learn how to hit play the penny whistle. And I say, okay, well, let's, where do we find out how to do that? And so you teach them to be resourceful. So they find their passion. They, you teach them to be resourceful, to find out whatever it is that they want to know. So they're lifelong learners. They find out what they love. They're able to figure out how to learn what they need to know to do what they want to do. And they know how to work hard. So you combine that and you've got just, you know, a winning combination. Well, and I'll hear people say, well, your kids are going to miss out on so much. But the cool thing is, is that they don't miss out on the stuff they really want to do. You know, they don't miss out on that at all, because Mm -hmm. they're moving in the direction of, I mean, they're going to find, like you said, it just makes them resourceful. It makes them understand that, you know, this is their life and they can move it in that direction. And they don't feel like they've missed out on anything. (laughs) No. and And what often happens is a lot of times they'll try something on, and they'll go, well, it's, I'm, I'm not passionate about that. It's not really a thing for me. And you, that's okay. You don't have to keep doing it. That's fine. Some parents will, you know, force their kids to keep playing because they want them to be disciplined. Well, guess what? We can teach them to be disciplined in other areas yeah. through other things. For me, that was working. They needed to do their part in our house, you know, because I couldn't keep the house together by myself and do all the other things I needed to do with them. So they had to be part of it. So it was kind of a forced teamwork. <laughs> Before we go on, please listen to these messages. Does the idea of another four years stuck in a boring classroom while accumulating tens of thousands of dollars in debt before you can even begin your life seem daunting to you? Let the intellectually stimulating collaborative community of Praxis change your educational paradigm. With Praxis, you don't have to wait to ignite your future. You can begin today. Praxis combines an intensive three-month professional development program, then a six-month paid apprenticeship with a dynamic growing company and a guaranteed full-time job placement. And the best part, no degree or debt is needed to get started. To get exclusive Firestarter information about Praxis, go to discoverpraxis.com backslash mind. Welcome back to The Luminous Mind with Dorenda Wilson, who's helping others to be unhurried in their homeschooling. Like you're saying, your kids hate you when you're having them do it. But my 18-year-old was just telling me this morning, I might get Terry saying this because he's close to leaving the nest, so it happens a lot lately. But, you know, he was almost thanking us for having that strong work ethic because he's like... He's like, I can have a job anytime I want because That's people right. know who I am. I mean, he wasn't, he was saying it in a different way, but this is, I mean, I reiterated it back to him this way because you prove that you can right. work hard and that you know how to do this and people call you up and right. they want you to work for them and, and that has a good name. Yeah. That yeah. reputation cannot be, I mean, that could be your most important thing in life sometimes it is. Is, is it that really character is. that you've developed. 
A lot of the youth in our culture, they don't know how to work. They don't know how to be faithful in their job to just be there on time and know how to work hard and do what they say they're going to do. You teach those your kids those character qualities. And he's, he's absolutely right. He will always have a job because yeah. he has a good name and a good reputation. And, and that's, that's better than gold. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I feel like we kind of talked about it already, but let's kind of just nail it down. What do you think that paradigm change for you is on education? You know, how do you feel like that changed from the time you had that book at 15 to now here you are, you know, this many years later? I would say that I now have experience with it. And honestly, and I feel kind of sheepish saying this, but really a lot it hasn't changed that much since what I started with. And, but when I started out and I actually had to start living it out and, and trusting enough, trusting my instincts and trusting what I believe to be true in what we wanted for our kids and all of that, walking that out was a little scary to start with. But in over the years, there were moments that I doubted myself and moments that I went, <gasps> what am I doing to my kids? You know, are they going to be okay? You know, and I'm going to mess them up for life. And, and, you know, honestly, I think the funny thing is that I actually probably, if anything has changed, it's that I've become more of an unschooler than I was to start with. And for, for various reasons, our youngest has some, some learning issues and he has just been a whole nother animal to deal with. And so I've had a lot of different pressures with him that I thought, well, maybe, Maybe because of the way he is, he's not going to fit into what I feel like, you know, that the Lord's been leading me to do with my kids. And I'm finding that that it's still it's still not true. Like it still works with him, like just being engaged with him and letting him be himself and just letting him find out what he's passionate about and trying to help him. He he struggles like because he had open heart surgery as a, oh, wow. as a baby and uh, it was a six and a half hour surgery. He was three days old and he was in the hospital for two months on fentanyl and Versed. So kind of like a drug baby almost because, you know, they have to come, yeah, have to come off, off of all that. that stuff. And so the little connectors in his brain, you know, they say they just, they don't connect and they, they have to figure out ways around it. And I just had to pray through that. And I've just had to trust, you know, I'm not done yet. He's 12 and I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I do know that some of the basic things that I've done with all the kids, I will continue to do with him because I think it's about relationship and it's about just finding out who he is and letting him be who he is and just helping him find the resources that he needs to do what he wants to do. And so I don't even know, does that even answer yeah, your question? Yeah. Okay. Well, and in your bio, you talked about the, you know, you hold, we hold ourselves hostage to unnecessary expectations and notions. And I think that just it sums up, I think, too, what you've learned is that, you know, I mean, through all of your stories and stuff like that, that we've understood that you've just got to go with the flow and have faith in the process. Not you do. So and I, I do think it's important to know your whys for homeschooling because my whys have not changed since the beginning. And I think that's probably what I was trying to say about our youngest son is I'm, I've had to go back way back and go, OK, why did I why did I decide to homeschool? Well, I decided to homeschool for these reasons. Well, that hasn't changed. So I can back to that finishing well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes your method might change a little bit because the child is different or the, the circumstances are different. You need to, you know, make adjustments. But that's the point is you just you make adjustments as needed and just flow with what is works well for your family. It, there should be a natural flow. You should be able to find a natural flow at some point that works well. And it'll work for a while. And then, 
you'll need to change something because we're always having to, you know, kind of readjust and recalibrate. I think that's one of the things about homeschooling that people don't realize you're not going to just get a method down and do it and everything's going to be fine. It doesn't work that way. It's yeah. very, flu- it's very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if we can just embrace that and go with it and just remember our whys and continue to, to walk them out, then in the end, it's, I mean, I've just watched God work it all out. So yeah. And not because I'm such a great, I'm so great at this or so perfect at this. It's just being willing to be led by the Lord. And like I said, go back to my whys for homeschooling and continue to live that out. Yeah. I love that. Well, and trusting that process and trusting the organicness of it and that that is what you're meant to do. That's great. Well, let's kind of talk about your blog a little bit and the message that you like to share with other people. You know, are there just some key points that you usually like to share or, you know, what's the the main message there? Well, I think probably, you know, obviously my overarching message is to slow down because when we slow down, everything changes. All of a sudden we get a better, everything comes into focus better. And that's what we want to, we want to be, have a clear vision for what we're doing. And, and granted, it's difficult sometimes to keep that, you know, when you're in the throes of homeschooling, but slowing down does help with that to be able to slow down and realize, am I walking out the wise? Am I doing what I feel like is best for our family? And and if there are anything, are there things that need to be adjusted? And, and I talk about this in, in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, to talk about, to have your list of whys, but also just to take the time to recalibrate every now and then. If something's not, if something's going awry or doesn't feel right or feels stressful or burdensome, to stop and think about what it is and process it and figure it out and then decide whether it's something that really does need your attention and something needs to change or whether it was maybe some passing comment somebody made and and it just sort of hit you wrong. And all of a sudden you're feeling like you're not doing a good job anymore, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. And, And so I think parents are just way, families are way too busy and way too stressed out trying to meet a bunch of standards that aren't necessary. And they suck. It sucks the life out of them as a person, as a couple, as a family, and there should be life flowing through your family. And if you are exhausted and worn out and stressed out, kids don't learn well under those conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they learn, but it's not good things. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as like, you know, we want our kids... We want to nurture our kids' minds. We want to teach them, but we also want to nurture their souls. And there's some soul needs that just can't be met when we're in a hurry. It has to come in slowness. It comes in those conversations, those relaxed conversations, rather than the hurried, okay, tell me what you need to tell me because we got to get out the door. You know, and I speak from experience because Mm -hmm. I'm a techless person and I am a beaver and I like to get stuff done. I love being productive. And, you know, you asked me earlier about the paradigm shift. I would say that's probably my biggest shift is that I have become even more unhurried and decided that stopping and having that heart to heart conversation with my child is more important than getting the math lesson done. And I know for a fact in my heart that it is, I'm not just going, okay, I'm trusting that it is now I know that it is Yeah. because I've, I've had this time and experience under my belt and I've watched our kids and how they've turned. We have a good relationship with every single one of our kids. They're all doing well. No one is off the rails and I'm not, that is not to brag. That is just to say, I feel very blessed, very grateful, but I think some of that comes from just keeping good relationship with your kids, you know? 
along the way. And I think it goes back kind of to the bio where you're talking about, you know, home educating is an incredible blessing. But if we are hurried, it doesn't feel that way. You know, no. if we're stressed. It feels like this is a burden. This exactly. Is not something I can continue to do. So. Exactly. And if you want it for it to continue to be a blessing, you have to, like we talked about earlier, trust in your child's ability to learn. Be mom and dad first before a teacher, you know, follow those parental instincts and focus on enjoying your kids. I have found (laughs) they do. And the thing that I found, let's just face it. Sometimes kids aren't enjoyable, right? (laughs) All right. We, We all admit it. Well, what I have found over the years is I've noticed that most of the time when my kids aren't enjoyable is because it was because I have let a discipline issue go. Like I have stopped keeping the boundaries where they're supposed to be and things have gotten out of order. And then my kids have sort of gotten out of sorts and everything's sort of going cattywampus and I really just want to get away from them. And I think, wait a minute, why do I want to get away from them? Then I realize, oh, they've been bickering all the time. Well, why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we dealing with that? And you go and you uh, kind of shore all that up again and relay those uh, boundaries back out again. And, or maybe I haven't been, the kids haven't been doing their chores like they're supposed to. And I've just sort of been finishing them for them or, you know, and all of a sudden, because I've let that stuff go, I'm not enjoying them anymore. And so it's kind of like my red flag that says, okay, something's out of out of line here and I need to pay attention to it and and get it back in order. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's listening so, to yourself again. I mean, kind of like we talked about. I think I had a hard time for a long time trusting myself. I'm, yeah. And, and I think that's an advantage of homeschooling is that you learn that as a mom, but you also teach that you, you mentor that to your children as if you listen, you know, if you're listening to your needs and you're listening to what the family needs, that's going to show them that they can trust that instinct instead of, you know, having to listen to, be a lemming and listen to their friend, you know, type of thing. Right, exactly. And I think that's a that's a, the downside to all the social media and everything. And that's one thing I would encourage parents not to be on too much. You know when it's too much and you just pay attention to it. Again, it's an in, instinctual thing. I mean, you know the red flags and when you start feeling cruddy about yourself or whatever, you know. <laughs> Stay off of it. <laughs> or you start feeling stressed, you know. And sometimes it's just too much on my brain. Like you can read about so many people in five minutes on Facebook. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about that person and that, but I'm not thinking about what's in front of me, you know, these kids and what I need to be doing and, or just even taking a break and sitting with my kids and enjoying them. And I love to sit back and watch my kids. I used to watch them play. I would watch them interact. Sometimes I would hide around the corner and listen to their conversations because that told me a lot. (laughs) Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it wasn't so good. (laughs) But either way, I knew a lot more about my children because I was watching them and I knew and I was engaged with them. And it was just parenting can be so fun and interesting and just a real joy. And some of it's just plain hard work. But um, (laughs) overall, I think our children are meant to be a blessing and homeschooling can be a huge blessing as long as we're learning to pay attention to the red flags and keeping our, you know, keeping our priorities in in line. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, without giving too much away from your book, because they really, our audience really needs to read The Unhurried Homeschooler. Would you want to give us a few more points that maybe you think are pretty invaluable that pique their interest in knowing more about that? 
Oh, well, let's see. I actually had a little thing I was going to, well, we talked about the whys of homeschooling. Some of the questions to think about are obviously, why are you homeschooling? What are your goals? What are the basics you want your kids to know? Who are you as a family? Keeping basics. I like that idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Basics. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because when I started out, I started homeschooling, I just thought, you know, my responsibility really is to teach my kids to know basic math and read and reading and writing. Right. And so that's what I focused on. And the rest of it came. It just came over time and it came with um, as they were interested. And and so that was really a very simple way to approach it. And then who are you as a family? What season of life are you in as a parent and as a family? You know, I'm an older parent now. I don't quite have the energy I used to have. So I do my homeschooling a little differently now. (laughs) (laughs) I handle things a little differently and I have slowed down a lot. But a season of life, sometimes you're, you're having a new baby or you've moved or You've lost a loved one, a job. I mean, that all brings a whole bunch of dynamics into your family that are such a great opportunity to learn and grow from. Like we loved every, every time we went through things, we talked with our kids about it without burdening them too much about the details. We age appropriate involvement. But we talk things through with them about, you know, if we were struggling financially or this, we were, we were a team, you know, so we we talked about that stuff and we would talk about, you know, well, how, how do you think, you know, what, what do you think about how we're handling this or what, you know, what do you think about this? What's your perspective on it? Give their, let them have their input. You know, they're not necessarily making decisions, but we're hearing their hearts in, in the middle of life. And Mm -hmm. I think that tells us so much about where they, where their hearts are and where they're at. And it it gives us a lot to, to work with in our relationship with them. Yeah. And that could, go back to, you know, the kind of home you want to have. I mean, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to really school revolving around home, not home around school. Yeah. Kind of that, the going back to the basics, like you talked about before of what you learned. Well, tell me uh, maybe some successes that you've seen either in your own personal life or just sharing your message. Well, I look at our kids and I think they're just, they're delightful. I love them. I enjoy them. They're not perfect. (laughs) You know, they're not. And, but people are people, right? (laughs) People. And I feel very blessed. I feel like I couldn't have asked for more. I got more than I deserve is what I feel like. (laughs) And I'm not afraid to tell them that, you know, and, and I think when we, when we tell our kids, when our kids know that we love, we love, not just that we love them, but we enjoy them. Like we were talking about earlier, they feel valued. Mm-hmm. And when our kids feel valued, they make better decisions. You know, they, they make better life choices because they see themselves as valuable and worth making right choices for. And the other thing, it's been interesting because I wrote this little book only because my husband said, I think you should write a book. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you should write a book. And I said, that's really funny. And I started laughing. Then I waited a few minutes and I said, a book on what? What would I write about? (laughs) And he said, you should write about homeschooling. And I said, like, there's not enough homeschooling books out there. (laughs) (laughs) I just did not want to be another voice out there that was going to be burdensome. And I told him that I said, these moms don't need any more voices talking to them. They they're overloaded enough. And I said, besides our homeschooling was so simple and straightforward. And, you know, who wants to hear about that? And he goes, (laughs) and he said, that is exactly why you should write it. And I thought about it It took me a couple of months to to even go, okay, I think I might try this. 
anyway, long story short, I wrote it, but it is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling is what I call it. It's a little tagline on there because it just gets to the point. <laughs> well, and great books like your yours and your message, basically, I think it helps take the shackles off. I mean, yeah. for years, I felt just a huge burden. I felt like homeschooling was a big burden. It was a sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to women like you, like you're going to make it through just doing the basics, keeping it exactly. simple, you know, slowing exactly. down. It mm-hmm. takes the handcuffs off where you're like, wow, it's so freeing and I can enjoy it and just, you know, know that in the end that everything's going to be it's okay. going to be fine, yeah. you know, and it's so true. I think when parents get a grip on the freedom that they have in homeschooling, mm-hmm. their creativity flourishes. Like they start getting really great ideas of their own to do with their family and to, you know, they start to be able to get a vision for their family and what God might have for them and their family culture. And but until those expectations get thrown off and they and those shackles get thrown off, it makes it so much harder to have a vision like that, to get a grip on that freedom and what that might look like for your family. Yeah. You know, so I think that's one thing. And that's one thing I've noticed with the book. It's been out just a little over a year and I've just had a huge response from people way more than I ever expected that people were saying, thank you so much for writing this. This has just been so freeing for me. And that's what I wanted to hear. I didn't, I wanted to hear them say, I'm free and now I'm going to go do what, you know, what I feel led to do with my kids. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to say, oh, here's another method of homeschooling. I, this is, this was more about freedom than anything. Oh, I love the message because, you know, like you said, sometimes when you're reading like, I love her books, but like the well-trained mind stuff, like what I got to be doing all this. And, but (laughs) yours is definitely a message. It's a message I needed to hear. We were talking about before that you're preaching to the choir here slowing down (laughs) and being more relaxed with your children. But let's kind of finish up a little bit with your long-term goals. And we talked about taking, you know, finishing well. But what does that look like? Well, I think kind of maybe this goes with the legacy too. your long term goals and your legacy. Right. What that will look like. Well, I think I'm hoping I'm hoping to write another book. I'd like to write more about this. I'm just kind of praying and thinking about what that looks like, because I I don't want it to be a a checklist book. I don't want it to be a method. I I want it to be about the heart. And there's just um, there's a way you have to go about that to to help keep that from happening. And so I I kind of that's a desire as I'd like to write another book, possibly in the next year or two. And I would love to connect with more parents in order to encourage them through podcasts and guest posts and homeschool events and things like that. But as far as a legacy goes, I think my biggest desire is that my family remembers and people remember me for the fact that I just, I loved God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I loved my family and others just with a love that was unique and meaningful to them. You know, that, you know, when you love someone, sometimes we, we think we're loving someone and we're, and we're doing for them what, you know, what we would want. And and it's not really what they want. And I just actually had this conversation the other day with one of our kids because, you know, he wants to do things for, for people, but sometimes it's really more for him (laughs) than it is, you know, so when we, when we love other people, we need to love them in ways that are meaningful to them. And so I'm just hoping that that's the legacy that I leave behind. One of one of encouragement, you know? Yeah, well, and I love it, too. It goes back to what you're about is that just that simpleness to it. Um, Sometimes we overcomplicate things. And you know, we want to be a best selling author, we want to do this. And right. and, And really, the legacy gets left, but by keeping it simple. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, do you have any final parting words for our listeners? And then give us your contact information. There's lots of places that we can find her stuff. And I want to be sure to get that in. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I think probably the thing I would want to leave you with is to remember that homeschooling is about freedom. And that when you find yourself bogged down, it is just time to hit that pause button and regroup. Take a break. Enjoy your kids. Slow down and savor this time with them because you'll never regret that. You will regret running and running and running and running, but you won't regret having slowed down and taken the time to just enjoy the blessing that kids are. There's a quote that I love. It's the days are long, but the years are short. Oh, that's so and true. It's so true. <laughs> uh, and then so, give us your contact information, how we can My contact it. information. Okay. Well, I have a Facebook page. I have a personal one and uh, an official one. I don't even know what that means. Official, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Um, so you would go to Dorenda Wilson, the official page. I post all kinds of interesting articles there and, and things that I run across that sort of encourage that unhurried approach to homeschooling and just general kind of funny encouragement for moms. At Instagram, I'm at Dorenda Lee Wilson, all lowercase, all one word. And at Twitter, it's at Dorenda Wilson. So all kind of the same thing. There's a, <laughs> do you see a theme going on there? <laughs> Great. And to keep it simple, once again, her website is DorendaWilson.com. However, we're going to be sure to link all the information that we discussed today, even including some of the books that she shared with us on our website as well. But thank you so much, Dorenda, for coming on. And you just been a light to my soul today. Oh, and and you've really lit up my mind. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. It was, a, it was an honor to be here. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Dorenda Wilson, go to the show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list. Then check out the services tab to see how we can continue to assist you, our fire starters. Also, to help us continue production of illuminating content, go to the sponsor tab at theluminousmind.net for more information on sponsorship and affiliate programs. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, and now Instagram. Get our free audio content by subscribing on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. Share our content. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education 